We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. Impress your friends, amaze your coworkers, make your family proud. Here's what you need to know. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Fourth quarter of the program begins right now. We're getting you, giving it to you for free, people, the things you need to know. Uh, it's brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Did you know that you can be seen by the same experts that care for the Royals, that care for the Kansas City Chiefs? With walk-in care, that's right, the University of Kansas Health System can see you if you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or playing sports. Uh, they offer orthopedic walk-in care at 435 and all in Overland Park. Weekdays, it's 8 to 7. Saturdays, it's 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics, and uh, you can find out all the details there. Uh, we've got Frank White coming up in our next segment. Uh, County Executive Frank White uh, will join us in our next segment, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, first, though, we give you the things you need to know. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the reaction to Lance Leipold's extension. Uh, he was, or I guess Ray's, is that what we call, are we calling yeah. it? There was no extra years, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Travis Goff, the AD uh, for the Kansas Jayhawks, says locking up Leipold is a big deal for KU. When you drill down into yesterday's announcement and, and what that says about our commitment to Coach Leipold, obviously our commitment to his broader staff, and, of course, to the football program at large, it's a profound statement. I mean, you, you don't have to do a lot of work to understand that what we're saying there is indicative of what top 20 football programs are doing. And they're not doing it just for the sake of doing it, just like yesterday's numbers, the other elements of what investment look like. We're not doing that so we can you know, puff out our chest to say we're spending a lot of money on football. We're doing it because that's precisely what it takes to have a, a viable and sustainable investment and commitment to a sport and to a program that has everything to say about a broader university's health, that has everything to say about how a country and fans and sport in general view an institution's commitment. And that's, I think, the broader context behind it. What, is, what does it say about our program? Not All right. Just. So then the other part of the equation is that it's only a $5 million buyout. So you're making this commitment, but you're not locking them up. He was asked uh, why they didn't make the uh, buyouts a little more punitive. You know, the thing, and I, and I hear it, and I, I feel that, too, of, well, why wouldn't there be some radical shift in buyout, right? Um, this is a, these are business decisions and, and business agreements, so we can certainly understand that question. The reality, guys, is any time a institution at the higher, highest levels of, of, of intercollegiate athletics, Power 5 athletics, so to speak, has set its sights on a coach, and that came, same coach has reciprocated interest, I've yet to see an example where buyout has prevented that move. And so for us... In the spirit of partnership and, and, and trust and the big picture of investment, those numbers matter, but they're not a driving force. Hmm. You buy that? Uh, I don't know if I buy it or don't buy it. I know he's taking a calculated gamble. 
Uh, we'll find out whether that, you know, the future tells us what the past is all about. We'll know if he bolts early because the buyout wasn't much. But. Well, I, I think there's a couple things at work here. I'd worry more about the buyout if he didn't hire Lance Leipold, but he hired That's him. Good point. And so, yeah. generally speaking, that is a good relationship. A, a, you know, right. the coach working for the AD that hired him. Um, so I would worry more about that if, if again, he inherited this coach. And But I, I would think that the working relationship is probably pretty good between these two. I think there's some truth in what he says. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's the only part of the equation. But if somebody really, if Alabama wants to come get him, the difference between five, five and you're all right. I'm good. Okay, I'm not. I'm not actually all right, but I'll, I'll make it. Yeah, uh, we're, we're thinking <laughs> the big guy playing hurt the last couple of days. World's longest chest, chest cold. Um, five to eight million. Yeah, what's the difference? Ten million. Like what? What? What scares Alabama away from coming and getting your guy? Nothing. Now, I would say that. You know, five million, seven million. Maybe there's a difference. Five and seven scaring away Arizona. Yeah, scaring away Washington. Yeah, there's a few people who would back away from that. Yeah. So I hear what he's saying. Uh, what I think, if you're a Kansas fan, you hope is he's like, look, there's six jobs I'll leave for, and I do think to a degree, Wisconsin and Nebraska have come open last year. Now he'd only had. The first year of real success, he mm-hmm. looked good in the first, you know, yeah. looked improved in the first year, but yep. had real success and went to a bowl game last year. And neither Wisconsin nor Nebraska did he end up at. And the buyout would have been less and would have been easier to get to. Those would have been the jobs I think he would have been the most afraid of based upon his background. Either one, they didn't call and he's like, well, screw those guys. Or he doesn't really want to go there. And maybe it's like, look, Georgia, USC. Alabama, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, these are the schools. If they call, I'm going to want to go. And otherwise, I'm here. And I think if you've got a handshake agreement between two adults, two guys that are good to their word, then, you know, I don't know that the, the buyout, I, I, I get where Travis Goff's coming from. I also think it says, to me, it says, one, I agree with everything you said, but also, one, Lightbolt has a smart agent who understands his client has the leverage in this situation, but also Kansas has a smart AD who probably also understands Lightbolt has the leverage in, in this situation and isn't going to just make he, he he's not he's, he's going to understand look the ideal situation is this guy's never going to leave but he understands the position he's in he's not going to quibble over basic you know what amounts to details important details but details anyway he's going to say i want to keep this guy what does it take okay here it is i well, think they, they both understand where they're negotiating from and i'm sure like listen i, I think lance Leipold could have been asking for eight or nine million I was like, well, you know, we think that's a little steep. Well, I, you know, I don't want to buy out. Well, give me, I'll give you the lower buyout, but the yeah, number seven. Part of the negotiation. I'll give you, you know, it's all part of the negotiation. And I think you want, I, I think one of the things that Travis Coff has clearly done is Lance Leipold and him are happy working together. Right. And I don't think you want to win in a negotiation. Right. You know, because yep. if you win, then you've upset the coach. Mm-hmm. And then if he has a big year, then he's coming back going, okay, I'm winning this year. Yeah, and as and as many times as we've talked about ads and head coaches wrongly having adversarial relationships and not happening, the fact that Travis Goff is making a move that's going to clearly avoid that 
can, should be able to be seen as a, as a positive. Lance Leipold says uh, the deal and uh, raising the bar for his assistance is uh, huge for this program. It's an outstanding commitment by, by our administration, our university, people here in the room that make that happen. And it shows that, uh, you know, this department and university are serious about our football program. And, but I think also hand in hand, I think we've been able to see what it's, what it's been able to do um, for our campus, our community, and, and, and different things as we move forward. Um, and, and again, retaining staff, maintaining that, that's a huge component. And I want to make sure I say this. Um, because uh, the three coaches that left are, are good friends, you know, people I respect that are very good coaches. Disappointed that they left because they're not here every day. And, uh, and then and the, the change of what that does, um, you know, sometimes in the unsettling times before our players get a chance to, uh, to, to see who they're going to be coached by. But I know this, and I want to make sure that this is on the record, is that Travis Goff and, and our administration stepped up. Yep. Okay. Uh, it is a big year to see what he looks like without a lot of his – Guys, yeah, I mean, right? it was the, so much was talked about the offense, and few times have you seen in college football recently where an offensive coordinator was given as much run for the success of a team's offense as Andy Kotel Nicky. So this will be some proving ground. If they take off again and are great this year, then you can. I think you feel really, really good if you're a Kansas fan that the offense is humming again. Uh, let's hear this one. Leipold was asked about his name always popping up with other jobs. In a small cycle, there are certain names that are thrown in for every job, you know, um, and and then then you're either thrown in for those jobs that you're leaving, or you're on the group that's going to get fired. And right now, I'd rather be on the one that leaves these states, you know, the other one, right? So, um, the thing is that people are missing, and I think hopefully we continue to be able. And I say we because it's going to take everybody. What I hope we're doing is, you know, everybody thinks this is a stop along the way and not a destination when you're the head football coach at Kansas. You know, and um, and and when, when I've said before, we're going to make this an and school, a basketball and a football school, not an or, that uh, this becomes a destination for football coaches as well. Sounds like not many, not many have been able to do that successfully, but they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that anyone's ever done it. Like short, at any any school. I mean, like you've had the Floridas and Ohio State, so have been really, really good at the top in both sports. It's very rare, but he's got them in that, at least in that direction. Um, all right, uh, more on the losing of coaches. He uh, talked a little bit about some of the coaches moving on to other jobs. Everybody made decisions for their own personal reasons and careers, and I have to respect that. I mean, Andy, in, in his case, said it to me a year ago when, when things started. He goes, we've been gathered, Lance, 10 years. I mean, shoot, that's, that's almost three times as most marriages, right? I mean, I mean so, I mean, and, and we spend more time together, than, unfortunately, than sometimes we do with our spouses. And, and to be together that long, and he had said for him to continue that, that maybe looking and working under a different head coach, an opportunity would, would help him. So I have to respect that. Jordan Peterson's going back to his alma mater. How, there's, um, and then, and then Scott has always told me, even before he came to Buffalo, even when, way back when he worked, he, the, to work at, the, in the NFL was, was a dream of his. So all those things I, I have to respect. Ten years, I think, is about twice as long as the average 
marriage, but point taken. You're an expert on. I just know. I just breakups? know that it's. I've read stories that say the average length length of a marriage is five years. But really, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God we corrected him on that. <laughs> Make sure we get. Well, the way, one thing that's cool about the three coaches that not only the three coaches in this area, clearly talented and winning coaches, they all three of them are very have very distinctive sounds. You know right away who it is when either one of these three, any one of these three coaches is, is talking. It kind of, it's just a side, a stylistic point. I like listening to all three of them talk for one because they're all. Intelligent and and uh, have um, well thought out, thoughtful people when they answer things. But they also just all three sound kind of cool. The we're going to find out how good he is at identifying coaching prospects and then coaching up coaches. Yes, right. Like that's the one thing when you got the band together, mm-hmm. play some tunes. But what about when you got to start changing out guys? Can you still make it all hum? And that's we're going to find out because he's pretty much had this crew with him. Yeah. All along, so and Drink was particularly on the defensive side. He was he went through guys right and left. He had no one stuck around, and now he then he seemed to find one guy. And then Blake Baker's off, and he's got to find a second successful defensive coordinator. But Lance Leipold's got to do it on both sides. Yeah, I mean he's 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 got a lot of work to do, and this will be a big challenge mm-hmm. for him. Uh, all right, one more. This is Travis Goff, the uh, AD at Kansas. Uh, you know they're not going to be playing uh, at their traditional stadium because it's under renovation. Uh, it's basically been knocked down. Uh, Goff says people have been uh, on board with playing the uh, twenty-four games in KC. Overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we we've had a enough socialization of that to know it was going to be positively received but i i don't have any uh hesitancy to say that i'm um not not shocked necessarily but i've been surprised by just how frankly almost unanimous the reaction has been in support of the decisions to play at children's mercy and and at arrowhead um i think everybody understands the significance of the project by that juncture we had in essence, 75 percent of the stadium on the ground, right? So some of it's related to better, best doing our best to facilitate such a major construction project in such a condensed timeline. Some of it has to do absolutely with the fan experience, what was going to give us our best chance to provide our fans and our supporters the best experience possible. That was something we were learning and, and evaluating along the way. And then, of course, like everything, some of it has to do with what's the best experience for the young men in the program. And the totality of those evaluations clearly pointed to playing all six games in Kansas City being the right outcome. Makes sense. I said yesterday, I think it's cool. I would love to. I, I, I'm not that, not being in Kansas. I mean, it's not my first choice to go do this instead of, but, hey, you got to yeah. redo the stadium. Yeah. Instead of piecing it along for three or four years, or however much longer it take, one year, and everybody gets a, a new yep. experience for a year. Yep. And I, I would not be that jazzed about seeing a game at Arrowhead, because one, if I'm a Kansas fan, I, I've seen some games at Arrowhead. I'm not even a Kansas fan. I'd love to go one, one of those games at Children's Mercy. Oh, I think I agree. That, to me, is the bigger draw. But I do think there's something to be said to play in iconic Arrowhead Stadium, Chris. Yes. I don't know if you know. It's iconic. It's one of the great sporting venues in the world. The echoes of history just rattle around that place. Yeah. I'm interested. I know part of it's his job is selling things, but I, I'm interested in what he means by positive because the general reaction I've seen is necessary. the necessary best option for a worthy sacrifice for 
something long term, that being the new stadium. I, I, I see. I don't see a lot of people going. This is great. I see a lot of people going. Yeah, this is making the best of the situation that we got to deal with while we're waiting on the new stadium. In some ways, what what's Plan B? Well, I, there is an element of like, where the hell else were you going to play? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you might as well get on board. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you know this is like you can't play at Odak or you know you know when when I when I tell you eh, I'm not I'm not enamored with the renovating of Arrowhead Stadium, it's because I'd rather have a new dome stadium that gets us on the Final Four circuit, right? I have Plan B. Yes, there's no Plan B here, Mm-mm. right? Is there there a high school stadium in Wichita? Yeah, and I do agree with your overall point though that hey, Manhattan make this happen mm-hmm. one year and and you don't you know it doesn't have to be. Well, year one, this part of the stadium's open. Year two, that part of the stadium's open. I think this is the better way to handle it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, 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 I think they've, they've got it right. But if if they do fall off a bit, and they don't have the year of success. It, it's almost like he's got a. Um, I won't say get out of jail free card, but it will be easy to to push off any. Any failures, any lack of reaching the goal you want? Well, yeah, but they played four games at Arrowhead and two games at Children's Mercy. What, what could we have expected? I think there may be how much of that there'll be if they go six and six. Well, they'll be t- for sure. I mean, it's it's part of the story. But go ten and two, and holy cow, man! Yeah, they'll win anywhere. Uh, Iowa star Caitlin Clark announced on social media today that she will finish her college career this year. She will not be coming back for a fifth season via the COVID waiver. Uh, Clark, who is projected as the number one overall pick by the Indiana Fever, broke the women's major college scoring record last night with a 33-point performance at top Lynette Woodard. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did that at Minnesota. She has 36-50 uh, and is 17 points from passing Pete Maravich, who holds the Division One overall record between men's and women's basketball, 36 67. So good luck to uh, Caitlin Clark in getting that. Looks like she'll get there, and uh, she'll have that record, and then it's on to uh, the WNBA. We are on to Frank White. Uh, the Jackson County Executive joins us next here in the program. Welcome back here in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you as we finish strong here in the 5 o'clock hour. We talk uh, right now to the Jackson County Executive, uh, former Royals great. Uh, Frank White joins us here in the program. Frank, how are you, sir? I'm good, Seren. Been a long time. How you been? It has been a while, and thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. And, man, you've been on TV about as much as uh, your playing days here of late. Uh, are you enjoying the limelight? Well, you know, it's not the limelight I enjoy, but I, I enjoy uh, just being able to do uh, be on TV for the right reason. Yeah, and, and let's talk about it. We've, we've got the stadium uh, reveal we had yesterday with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You, of course, uh, vetoed. Uh, putting this forward, that was overridden. Let, let's let's back up. Let's just start with why you initially uh, put the veto down as the county executive, and and what what it was you were hoping to accomplish. Uh, the veto really uh, was to uh, slow things down a little bit because it was moving pretty fast, and my uh, ultimate goal was to get more information from the teams before. Um, before going to the ballot with the ballot language, and that was the reason for the veto. And 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 you didn't get it right. And and I know one of the things was, and I and I think it was a reasonable question to ask is like, where are the Royals going to go? Right. That was one of the things that stood out to me is we didn't know the location. We've since got the location. Are you satisfied with what that location is? Did that end up? I know we didn't have it. 
we now we 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 have, I know they're not bound to it, but we if we take them at their word, are you satisfied with what the Royals location ended up being? Well, I, you know, like you said earlier, we had no idea where it was going to go, uh, and I think that um, I think it's really kind of up to the teams uh, where they want to put their team, put their stadium. I think my main concern was that uh, uh, the lease, the lease agreement with the two teams, were was going to be a better deal uh, for the for the taxpayer themselves. The, the you, uh, let me see if I understand that you, you think that you could have negotiated a, a better lease agreement. I really believe we had. I mean, right now we have no lease agreement other than the current lease agreement uh, that we're under right now. Uh, the uh, the new three eight cents sales tax would require uh, an update to that agreement to say, um, you know, where the stadium's going to go, uh, where the money's going to get spent, uh, where where what, is, what are the plans on a renovation for the Chiefs? I think one of the uh, big things on this whole deal is that we haven't seen any financials and. And we haven't seen, well, they call it a performa that show um, if it's a billion-dollar stadium, uh, we don't have any numbers to say it is a billion-dollar stadium. It's uh, Everything's done on a letter of intent, which really is not binding. And uh, until we see numbers, you really don't know how much the stadium is going to cost or how much the renovations are going to cost. Uh, a lease would have to be negotiated, right? If, if this passes, there's still the need to negotiate a lease. Um, it, it wouldn't get built without that. Is that correct? Right. I mean, you have to have some agreement. The, the taxpayers need to know what their, where their money is going and how their money is going to be spent. And the, the current lease we're under, which was in 06, uh, they had a lease agreement all signed, sealed, and ready to go before they put it on the ballot uh, for the three cents sales tax vote at that time. Uh, we have such a short window. Uh, I think we were notified in uh, late October, November, that they wanted to get this on the ballot in April. And so the, the window was short. And so you needed to um, negotiate uh, some, some, some of the points that you thought were, were valuable to the county. Uh, but at some point during that uh, negotiation, they decided to uh, go to the legislature because those were the ones who had the votes to put it on the ballot. And they were they were able to successfully get them to, all, all except for two, uh, to vote to put the language on without any agreement on, between the teams. And well, so after that, after the veto was overturned, then there was no communication at all between the teams and the uh, and my administration at all. Why, why do you think the legislature uh, voted the way they did? Why, why don't they share your concerns? I'm not sure. Uh, I, uh, I was I was really uh, miffed at the fact that they would want to move this forward before uh, getting some agreement from the teams. Uh, that that surprised um, not only me but a lot of people in business. There's such a it's a it's a two billion dollar potential uh, agreement that's, that we're, we're that we're talking about the tax itself. Uh, but you have no restrictions on the teams. You don't. You don't really. Um, there's nothing binding at this point. Uh, that's gonna. That anyone can hang their hat on. It's a. It's a good. It's a good deal. Right now, in my estimation, it's not a good deal for the county. What What's the worst case scenario? I mean, you talk about the things that you would like to have had in the lease. Like one, the location is here, and it's for this many years. I mean, what 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 do you, what do you fear as the worst case scenario of what they could they could this tax pass, they get the money and they go build it in Kansas or build it? I mean, they can't do something like that, can they? I don't, I don't think so. No, they can't do that. 
I mean, once the tax passes, I think it's up to the legislature to vote uh, when those dollars are, are, are going to be expended to the teams. Uh, the Another concern is uh, the tax passes, then there's still several years left on this current lease, and there's probably a possibility that the teams are going to try to come here and say, uh, we want to re- refinance the remaining of that lease. And then that's another um, thing that we needed to discuss because what that ta- well, right now we're just paying principal. And to re- refinance that bond, then you're talking about going from a lower interest rate of 3% to a higher interest rate. And those dollars, whatever benefit comes from that, it flows back to the teams also. So the county, we're trying to make sure that we have all these things in place so we'll know exactly what we're looking at. So right now, we don't really have an idea uh, of what we're looking at. We can always refer back to the current lease, but then times have changed in that area also. I know there have been a number of things that uh, the teams have said and that legislators have said, you know, are, you know, new to this deal, like um, insurance costs and, and things like that, that the teams are uh, allegedly going to be taking on uh, in this that theoretically make this a better deal. You 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 didn't have everything you wanted. What Let's put it this way. What would you like to have seen? What would you have liked to have negotiated for and gotten them to agree to before the uh, before it went up to a vote? Well, Saran, I think you're looking at two major teams that are uh, primarily almost 100% uh, taxpayer-funded, uh, public with, with public finance. Uh, that's something that you don't see in the country today. Most cities and counties are going away from uh, public financing of, uh, of sports teams, uh, especially when you're talking about 100% financing. Uh, what, I, what I was trying to do with the two teams was try to be uh, more equitable. Uh, I was trying to get them to... Uh, return more money back to the county so that we can in turn uh, show the taxpayers that we're reinvesting some of this money into the community. And once we got deep into that, then that's when uh, the legislature put it on the ballot and we lost our, uh, uh, really our momentum there and, and, our, and our power there. And so that's when everything just sort of quit. But I think that is the one thing I wanted to try to do is bring a more equitable situation between the two teams and the county itself. So by that, I, I would assume you mean like basically charge them rent. Yes, yes. And is that and, a state? Well, charge, charge them rent, but, but have that rent come to the county. Right now, the rent that they pay, uh, is, it goes back to them. Right. So they, so, okay. Um, so they rent from themselves? <laughs> Well, the way they have it set up, uh, you know, they, they get sales, they, they get all of our sales tax, they get property tax, uh, park levy, and we pay the insurance and whatever rent they pay, it, it sort of, it goes back to them in some, in some, in some way. We have to look at that a little bit harder, but I think it, that's how it's set up. So let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking to Frank White, uh, here, Jackson County executive. Uh, you know, there's, you, you, you hear the groups that are for, sports teams in your town and they show this great economic impact. Look, this is all the money that having a baseball team and having a, a an NFL team brings to your town. Look at this huge impact. People come, they, they eat out, they, they, you know, drive Uber, they ride in Ubers, they stay in uh, hotels. There's this giant economic impact. Then you see people that aren't for the stadiums. They say, no, financing the stadiums is a giant economic drag uh, on you know, the, 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 the municipalities. Where do you sit on the Royals and Chiefs as far as 
Are, are they a benefit to, to what you represent, to Jackson County? Well, I think both teams are a benefit to um, to the city itself and the county. Uh, the the, uh, the only thing that, um, that I would uh, look at those numbers and say is that uh, the, the economists will tell you that the more you give a team, the more you lose in the end. Because in the end, the revenue that's, that, that's, that's spent doesn't match the revenue gain uh, at the end of the lease. Uh, but I think that uh, what, what I would like to see is really just see uh, the teams uh, just be more equitable. And, and I think that when, and the, and the bottom line, the question I would ask is, uh, is benefiting uh, businesses and so forth, but how is it benefiting the county itself? And with, with the sales tax that's all collected, uh, the sales taxes that goes to the county goes right back to the team. So that's why we're spending $50, $50 million a year out there. So, and, and you would like to see the sales tax come through the county then, I guess? No, it, it, it comes through the county, and we, 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 we're a tax collector, so then we redistribute out to uh, the different entities, uh, different municipalities. But, but, but I think that to have a more equitable situation with the teams, you'd like to see some of those dollars that we're spending out there come back to the county so that we can redistribute those into the community so that the taxpayers can feel confident that the teams are being equitable partners and they're putting, th- putting, th- putting things back into the community. And that's what that's what, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, a number of times. Uh, I've heard you quoted. Todd Lebo has is, is, is talked to you at, at a number of the different uh, you know functions that have gone on. That you know, why are we in such a hurry? There's there's still seven more years on this lease. Uh, you know, and and I get that. Uh, they they can't go anywhere for seven years. They're obligated to a lease. The common perception is that they've got a governor. Uh, in the state of Missouri that is going to help out. There are going to be state funds that he is going to appropriate towards uh, this project, towards the two projects, the two stadiums. And that is why the Royals and Chiefs want to go now, because they don't know who the next governor will be. They don't know if it will be somebody that will be friendly towards helping them with this project. And so in some ways, I guess you could say, well, if they don't have that state money, they're going to ask Kansas City, Missouri, and Jackson County for more money, or obviously they would have to pay more money. Is your understanding that that is why they do want to go so fast is they think they've got a, or at least they feel like they've got a better chance of getting money from the state of Missouri because of the current governor? Yeah, I've heard that, uh, Saran. There's been no indication in my conversation with the governor earlier, there was no indication that those funds are going to be available in this budget, which they weren't. Uh, so we're not, we're not quite sure where those dollars are going to come from. We're not sure. Uh, and the city hasn't committed to what they're going to put into, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, in, 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 in this new stadium tax that's what's going on. So right now, if you look at, uh, who actually contributes to the teams, the county has the biggest burden uh, of supporting these two teams. The city, uh, through the state uh, has two million dollars that they put into it, but that's really the extent of their investment in these two teams. And and so and, just two just two million dollars. Just to the state gives the state gives five million dollars. Three goes to the county, two goes to the city, and then the city uh, uh, if, if, they, if they're not obligated to give us two million, they can or can't. So if they choose not to, we have to make it up. And so that that's kind of where we are with the city. Um, so how much should the, I mean, would you like to see? So is part of the issue that the city and state also aren't on the line as to how much they're going to contribute? 
Well, right now we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, we don't know what the level of investment is from the state um, or from, from the city itself. But so there's a lot of money that's still needed uh, for this project. And we, we just don't know what the uh, other entities' uh, level of involvement is at this point. I think the number $300 million was thrown around about what the private investment would be on the Chiefs. We've heard the Royals talk about a $2 million project that would have, um, I, I think, upwards of uh, a billion to a billion and a half in private money. Um that doesn't necessarily mean that it's coming from John Sherman's pocket or Clark Hunt's pocket. Um, but what, what would you like to see? What do you think is an equitable uh, split with, the, with, with how much the team should pay? Uh, well, I was uh, in, in our negotiations. Uh, we were asking uh, oh, 20, 25 million from the, from the two teams uh, uh, together. Uh, and they have that $25 million to start uh, being paid in uh, 2025 and not wait till 2031. So you wanted the teams to pay the county $25 million each or $25 million total? Total. $25 million total and start paying yeah, and it. That, so- and, that, and that comes from a different, uh, a different uh, way. We, we showed them how we would get those back. So it would, it would, it would just be just a, uh, a big cash payment in terms of uh, tax dollars. It would, it would come from uh, things like uh, parking and concerts and things like that. So we 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 lined it out for those guys. But they, uh, I don't think I don't think it went over very well. But <laughs> but I think I think it it never hurts to negotiate. And uh, I think that those are the things that uh, we weren't allowed to do when the legislature put the uh, the ballot language on the ballot. Uh, that just would have shut things down at that point. And so, will you have an opportunity to to negotiate after the the you know it's passed? Okay, they're going to get this much money. They're going to extend the tax, which I know you called it a new tax, which I certainly understand the logic behind. I see both sides. Well, it's not a new tax. We're just extending the current one, so no one's paying anything extra. Yes, but no, it was really? set it was set to expire. So there's well, Sean, the thing that I mean, Serena, the thing that I'm saying about the new it, it is a new tax. Uh, it, it's, it's three eight cents, but it's still a new tax. The current tax only works if the two teams stay in the same locale. If you split those two teams uh, under the current uh, three eight cents sales tax the way it was uh, the way it was bonded, then uh, it would it wouldn't work. So that way, that's why they have to go with a new new parks tax that uh, with, that they could be separate and still benefit from the three eight cents sales tax. Uh, and, and how long, I mean, were you looking to have them committed? And do we know how long each team is willing to commit once they get this money? Well, in, in, in our negotiations, the Royals were asking for 40 years, which I thought was way too long. Uh, under this current agreement, I'm spending $50 million a year. I think it would be, uh, uh, it would be, wouldn't be in the county's best interest to uh, go 40 years uh, on, on the lease when standard is 25 to 30. And so the Royals want 40, the Chiefs want 25? The Chiefs are in the 25-year rank, yes. Okay, okay. And can that work? Because my the, the old agreement was it was dollar for dollar, right? Every dollar the Royals got, the Chiefs got, and vice versa. Right on the three cents, yes. Uh-huh. And so, could, so do we have an issue there amongst the teams that one wants a 25-year lease and one wants a 40? Or can you write it however you want since it's, to, to use your language, a new tax? Well, see, those are things, uh, Saran, that we never had a chance to really work out with the teams. Um, you know, when, like I say, once the ballot language went on the ballot, then there was no conversation at all. 
So okay. we so we haven't really had a chance to even get in and, and really hammer those things out uh, to, to negotiate back to thirty years or or whatever those years might have been. So we like I say we had we didn't have that opportunity. Uh, once the legislature put it on the ballot, uh, there was no discussion from the teams uh, until yesterday. We're talking to Frank White here in the uh, program. You've seen the reveal of the Royals uh, a week or so ago. We've now seen the Chiefs reveal uh, yesterday. What's your reaction to what it is, uh, at least the renditions, make it look like they want to do? Well, I mean, I've seen uh, a, a lot of a lot of renderings uh, of a lot of stadiums around the country, uh, and I think that uh, uh, sports is kind of like a fad in a way. Uh, if, if one team is doing it and is making money, then another team's want to spread out and do the big entertainment-type uh, uh, districts around their stadiums. I, I understand all that. Uh, my concern really is not, is, is not that. My concern is just really uh, uh, Western County taxpayers are going to be on the hook for it. And I just want to make sure that whatever deal is made with the teams are made in the best interest of the taxpayers in Jackson County. Uh, Mark Donovan said yesterday, uh, the president of the Kansas City Chiefs said, if the um, if this is not passed, the, the Chiefs will leave. Right? He just left it open on that. He didn't say where they would go. Would it be just to Kansas? Would it be the north of the river, which we know was uh, a discussion point at one time for, for the Kansas City Royals? Uh, what What is your impression of what will happen if this tax doesn't pass? Oh, I didn't. I didn't really hear that, uh, Saran. But uh, my my thinking that with seven years left on a lease, where they have to play here in Jackson County, uh, I think that would be uh, not a concern at this time. Uh, I think that. Uh, What's more important is the Chiefs have been supported by the taxpayers of Jackson County since 1972. And uh, I think it's really uh, uh, kind of bad to hear a team that's been here for this long and been this successful and been supported as well as they have to say, if you don't pass this tax, we're going to leave with seven years left on the lease. You know, I would, I would, I would kind of be offended as a, as a season ticket holder or someone who was a big Chiefs fan. Uh, because, uh, you know, support, uh, for the teams, it, it kind of goes two ways. Uh, the team also has a full responsibility to support the taxpayers who are making it possible for them to do what they do. Do, do you fear losing the teams from the metropolitan area? I, I don't fear it. Uh, at this point, uh, history says that when a team is entrenched in a, in a city or community, as long as the Chiefs and the Royals have, that, uh, it, it's very rel- it's very seldom that they move. A lot of times, when they say that they will leave, it's more to put fear in the in the in the in the, in the people to make them vote in a positive uh, direction. Uh, and since 1972, I think there's only been two baseball teams that are relocated. Uh, so teams don't move as often as uh, as you would think. But I think that uh, Kansas City has shown that they're they're a good sports town. They they support their uh, their teams. And I think that uh, sometimes the uh, the ownership uh, has a, has a return that favor to the taxpayers because you know very rarely uh, you see in a city uh, where you have two major franchises that are pretty much 100% taxpayer funded. That is not you're not going to find that pretty much anywhere else uh, in in sports. Have you, if they would leave, whether it's to another municipality, and I tend to agree with you, I don't think either ownership group has really uh, been inclined to to look around and go someplace else, but it, it could be to a different municipality, a different county uh, here in the Kansas City metropolitan area. If they left, 
you know, we know the Royals are talking about leaving that location but going to a different location downtown. But if they were to both leave Jackson County or one of them, let's say if the Chiefs were to leave the Truman Sports Complex, what would be done with that land? What could be done? Well, you know, right now we're really not concerned with that if, at all. But, uh, you know, it, it's no different than um, – uh, the Royals moving downtown, you still got to decide, uh, you know, what to do with that piece of ground that they're on, who's going to be responsible for tearing it, uh, tearing it down and, and so forth and so on. So it would probably be the same process. Okay. Okay. But you, you, if, if this doesn't pass, do you, do you feel confident that you will have a chance uh, again to sit and negotiate and try to come up with something, uh, that, that maybe yeah. is more palatable? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, that would be the, that would be the right thing to do. But you 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 think uh, you think you would get that out? In other words, I'm, I'm basically asking: Do you believe that what uh, Mark Donovan said is true, or do you think that that's just perhaps maybe some saber rattling to try to get the vote passed? Well, you know, I, I really can't uh, get inside of his head, but uh, I would I would say that whatever we can do on our end, we're willing to work with both teams to come to uh, an equitable uh, agreement uh, that's going to be in the best interest of uh, the taxpayers. We're talking to Frank White here in the program, Jackson County Executive. Uh, time for my final four. Uh, Frank, four quickies. Uh, you just tell me the first thing that pops in your mind. I'll start you with this. Uh, where are the Royals and Chiefs playing in 2032? Jackson County. Yep. Okay. Uh, where do you uh, keep your gold gloves? <laughs> in my man cave. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, uh, I've, I've got I have four kids, so I actually gave four away to my kids so they can put them on their mantle so they can be conversation pieces because not, not a lot of people come and see what I have in my basement. Well, so if you ever get tired of having so many, feel free to let me know. Uh, I'll be happy to <laughs> okay. uh, be happy to get a hold of one of those, uh, you know, for you. Um, all right, uh, tell me, uh, what's the toughest pitcher you ever faced? Wow, you know, you know, you know. A lot of people are talking about Fergie Jenkins, but I, I think Fergie was tough because he had the good fastball, the good slider. He had a good. He, he could change up very well. So those those pitches that can that that have a great fastball that can add and subtract, those are the toughest ones. But I thought Fergie Jenkins was one of the toughest ones. All right, and it does look like, uh, in some way, shape, or form, the end of Kauffman Stadium is over the horizon. What's your favorite Kauffman Stadium memory? Showing up there the first day, <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think really prior to that, uh, uh, in, in 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 September '72, I was in Double A and and I uh, needed a job in the off season, so I went to work at the stadium. So I worked at stadiums from '72 September to April '73 when I went to spring training, and then I came back to play my first game there in June of '73. So so those are all good memories there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm sure you've got many of them, uh, for sure. Frank, thank you very much for uh, spending some time uh, with us, and uh, hopefully when it's all said and done, everything works out for the best for everybody here. Yeah, we also too, so thank you. I appreciate it very much. But first, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer. In the last 60 years, how many SEC basketball teams have gone winless in a season in conference play? Ooh, 60 years? Uh, four. One. Wow. Vanderbilt in 2019 went 0-18 to the only SEC team to go winless since 1954. Georgia Tech, Missouri, 
three games away from history. Wow, Bryce Drew, the coach that did that, who's now rocking yep. and rolling with Grand Canyon. He had a bunch of injuries that year, and uh, they ended up taking him out as the head coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, we've heard uh, Gary Parrish talk about that a lot. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. Uh, Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, joeskc.com. Uh, put your order in right now. Send it anywhere in the country at joeskc.com. You can send the uh, best barbecue in the world anywhere. Uh, clients, always great. Sure, family, friends, obviously, but send it to clients as well. If you've got a client on your list, be a, a great way to let them know you appreciate their business. It's joeskc.com. Send the best barbecue in the world anywhere in the country. Uh, joeskc.com. Our thanks to Frank White uh, joining us in our last segment. And a couple things there um, I'll point out. Appreciate the time. First of all, Frank joining us uh, here to discuss his reaction to the uh, Chiefs reveal and some of the comments from the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark Donovan said, if you don't support the Chiefs, if Jackson County doesn't support the Chiefs, then we'll have to go somewhere else. We pointed out yesterday that was a very open-ended answer, as in, well, somewhere else in the metro or somewhere else, you know, around the country. Mm-hmm. I I feel pretty comfortable. The Hunt family has never threatened leaving, nor has John Sherman. And John Sherman has always said he wanted to be here in Kansas City. So for me, uh, that that has been a, you know, I, I don't see a big threat of them. Well, we're going to Oakland or we're, I don't see that from either one of these teams. But I will say this. I mean, he handled it very well. Frank's an accomplished politician, and amongst other things. But, you know, I said, well, what would be the plan if they did leave? Well, we're not focused on that right now. I'm not going to press him into it, but okay, but what if it does happen? And so he seems to think, and I mentioned it, you know, is it saber-rattling when Mark Donovan says, well, if they don't pass this, we're leaving, right? He seems to think if they don't pass it, they'll be back at the negotiating table. Do you think he's right? I uh, I think this. I I think it's puzzling to me. I've always thought, and Mark Donovan did say several years ago when a when he was at the NFL uh, league meetings or owners meetings, and was asked by a Wall Street Journal reporter, "Well, would you go to Kansas?" He said, "Well, we'd listen to anything," and that got a bunch of hubbub. And Clark immediately went out and said. Our plan is Arrowhead Stadium in Jackson County only. And they've put together a plan in Jackson County. Frank doesn't like the plan for all the reasons he stated here today. But Clark Hunt has been true to his word. But so I I, I would wonder if I'm Frank White, am I overplaying my hand to think that they're always going to say just Jackson County? Or is this their best offer? And if we say no, then they open it up to Kansas. Because to me, you can get better offers from both sides if there's competition. I never understood why John Sherman closed the door on Kansas when seemingly you could pit the two municipalities against each other, unless he's just a great guy. right? And so that's the thing that I sit here wondering, is Frank White, is he just, you know, absolutely certain that they're going to be back at the negotiating table, or is that overconfidence and in an effort to get what he thinks is the best deal for Jackson County, is he going to overplay his hand and maybe open the door for them going across the state line? 